0: Welcome to Here and Now Podcast. I'm Heather. And I'm Sophia. We bring you the stories, the heart, and the humor needed for this journey called life.
1: Join us each week to hear the conversations of a mom that's me and a daughter that's me and the stories of where others hear God's voice as he brings
0: truth, beauty, and good in their lives right now. This is Here and Now Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Here in podcast. We are excited to be back after a few weeks of a break. We've been away just to kind of rejuvenate and rest and bring some awesome guests and more content for you. And we are so excited to welcome the Sisterhood of the Traveling Relics founder, Jennifer Nelson, today. And you'll get to hear her story and how her story has interceded and collided with ours as well. Be sure to check out her instagram at sisterhood of the traveling relics and if you are new and you don't know our story be sure to check out my mom's blog on instagram house of love and laughter blog and it will explain the whole story but without further ado let's get into the episode we are so happy to have you on the show. Welcome. Why don't you explain a little bit about who you are and your ministry?
2: Sure. My name is Jennifer Nelson. I'm the founder of the Sisterhood of the Traveling Relics of St. Gianna. It is a ministry that I started actually on my own in 2010 in Thanksgiving to St. Gianna for her intercession for me in my life and helping me, I believe, in her prayers to Jesus to have my first daughter, Gianna. So I had seen people coming to venerate St. Gianna's relics at our parish and saw a woman completely and totally healed from debilitating Lyme's disease. She had checked herself out of the hospital specifically to come and it was against the doctor's wishes because her blood pressure was in stroke territory and she was doing really badly. Her husband and kids carried her in to touch St. Gianna's glove and we prayed with her. And within a week of coming to our parish, she was doing much better and she's totally healed. She follows our ministry on Instagram today. Her name's Nicole. She's a parishioner at our parish. We also gave a holy card that was touched to Gianna's St. Gianna's Glove to a teenager with lung cancer who had been hospitalized. And she prayed the prayer every day for St. Gianna's intercession to Jesus. And within three months of receiving that Holy card, the man from our parish who had given it to her said that all the spots were gone and that she was totally healed. So, After seeing like two pretty amazing miracles, I was like, wow, there's something really special about this particular saint. I need to learn more about her and I need to spread devotion to her because her prayers before Jesus are obviously extremely strong. So I ended up just taking holy that the shrine in Pennsylvania, they can send you a pack of like 50 cards that they touch to her relics. And I would take them and then if I heard of a woman who was struggling with like miscarriage or infertility or somebody who was sick, I would give them one of these holy cards. And again, like I would just see miracle after miracle after miracle. I also would take, I had this second class relic that I received kind of through miraculous circumstances and I would give it to women in really like terrible situations with crisis pregnancies where like they thought the baby was going to die or the woman was going to die. And uh, again, from seeing miracles, I was like, wow, this is amazing. So one night I had given this second class relic to a friend of a friend and I never received it back. So that happened in 2019, right before the pandemic. And I was devastated. I was asking people online, like, hey, can you pray for this, that this is returned? It's so important to me. We got it from the shrine in Milan, Italy, a priest on a plane was praying for our daughter who we thought was having seizures. And the guy next to him randomly was like, oh, what's the baby's name? And they said, Gianna. And he goes, oh my gosh, this is for her and hands her this relic card of St. Gianna because he had just been at her shrine dedication. So this card was so special and I was so devastated. So asking for prayers and somebody said, well, why don't you contact the shrine in Milan and see if they can give you a new one? I wrote them and said, can you just pray that it's returned. I didn't want to ask for a new one because I lent the one out and it wasn't returned, but I didn't want to ask, Hey, can you send me a new one? So I didn't hear. And about three months later, I get an email from St. Gianna's daughter, Dr. Gianna Emanuela, who is the baby that she was pregnant with when she chose life and and St. Gianna ended up dying to have this daughter. This daughter wrote me and said, I'm so touched at what you do to spread devotion to my St. Mom that I'd like to replace the one that you lost the same exact thing and some extra. And so she ended up sending me 15 extra, (laughs) uh, you know, the one that I lost and then 15 more. And when I got home from vacation and and got the package from Italy and I held the relics, all 15 of them in my hand, I audibly heard the sisterhood of the traveling relics, like outside of me, it was like so strange. But I was like, okay, and like wrote it down and was like, what do you want, Lord? Where is this going? And then just decided to start finding women on Instagram who were devout Catholics who maybe had a devotion to Saint Gianna or who struggled with pregnancy issues and ask them, hey, do you want to do what I do? Do you want to mail these cards or give them out in your community to anyone who asks free of charge? touch to the relics. And, you know, they said yes. And I have now 29 sisters in the U.S. and I have on six continents, a sister on each continent who handles like that continent's requests. So, you know, we have now a team that's worldwide that we send these holy cards touch to the relics free of charge to anyone who asks. So that's kind of a very condensed, even though it's long, (laughs) condensed (laughs) version of our, our start, our ministry start. We'll celebrate two years in this ministry August 1st.
1: So wow. that's so fabulous. Yeah. I waited to hear the story. I know I read a little bit here and there, but I love hearing it more than just yeah. reading it. So beautiful. Thank you. How what what do you say or how do you respond to people who question the concept of intercession of a person as a saint versus just praying directly to Jesus? And that might put you on the spot, but I'm just it's a question that I think a lot of, you know, as a as a convert, that was probably one of the things that I had to really try to understand. Yeah. You know, and when I took a I've talked about this before my scripture class, and I had to have a book of the Bible that I had to study and thought I was gonna get Psalms or a gospel or whatever. (laughs) I got Maccabees. (laughs) Yeah. And in as a Protestant growing up, that was not part of our, you know, your Bible. Bible. Yeah. Yeah but in Maccabees, they talk about things that relate to sainthood, which is right. how profound that was. Right. I was really trying to understand. So all that to say, just tell me, how do you respond with your knowledge of saints and, and the intercession of, of St. Gianna and, you know, mm-hmm. looking towards Pietro at some point, maybe to be raised to canonization.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Can that A
1: little bit to somebody who doesn't understand that. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, uh, the church militant,
2: right, is the church here on earth. The church triumphant are all the saints in heaven with Jesus, those who have have died and passed and are now with God. And what what is going on in heaven? It's praising and worshiping. That's what's going on in heaven, right? So there's lots of praying going on in <laughs> heaven, and so we're all connected in this body of Christ, this mystical body of Christ, and so. I can pray to Jesus here as Jennifer Nelson and Rockaway, you know, I can pray to Jesus for, you know, whatever's on my heart and and in my mind. And I can ask you, Heather and Sophia, like, hey, I have this problem. Would you mind praying for me? Because we're sisters in Christ, right? So for me, St. Gianna or the saints in general, they are people who modeled tremendous love of Christ while here on this earth. And they're now with him in heaven, continuing to love and praise and worship him. And so because we believe that, because we believe that they are, like, beholding Christ's face in heaven, we're just asking them as friends, as sisters and brothers in Christ, you're with Jesus right now, like, as we speak. Like, can you please also pray for this intention that's on my heart right now? And I don't think, you know we learn in the Eucharistic sacrifice in the mass that heaven comes down here in, in the Eucharist. Right. So that veil is, is, is kind of gone during the mass, like heaven and earth are together in the mass. And so I think it's, it's beautiful to know that our sisters and brothers in heaven can also ask Jesus for whatever it is is we're, we're asking their prayers for as well. So just like I would say to my friends here on earth, Hey, can you pray for me? That's what I'm doing when I ask the saints or the blessed mother, St. Joseph, like, Hey, can you pray for me? You know, I I go directly to Jesus, please. He's probably sick of hearing from me lately, (laughs) but, um, but I, I go, I go directly to Jesus too. Like, it's not to say, you know, supersede Jesus and just ask saints to pray for you. No, like Jesus is the one who does the miracles. Jesus is the one who, you know, answers the prayers or says, wait, not right now. No, it's not good for you. He knows, right. What's best for us. So I still go to Jesus, but I also, like to send my friends in heaven and on earth to go ask Jesus with me, you know?
1: Wow. That that's beautiful. Right. Yeah. That was a very, very thorough explanation, I think. Do you agree?
2: Yeah, I do. It's
0: like you're delegating the responsibility. Yeah. It's like, hey, you're already there. Why don't you just do that for me? Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. yeah.
1: And they're doing it in a praise and worshipy way.
2: Love that. Right. And it's perfect, right? Like their prayer in heaven is perfect. There's no sin in heaven. So there's no like, there's nothing like in it for themselves. Like the saints aren't praying because they want like something to happen. Like, so, whereas we might be praying for something, but maybe our intention's not that great or maybe like, you know what I mean? So in heaven, there's that per- their perfection that, that's not here. So when saints are praying for us, it's out of sheer love and goodness a- and we can be assured of that, you know?
1: Mm, that's a great thought to add to that. Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so on that note, I guess the same thing about relics and how you Mm -hmm. would explain these, I guess, objects or things that we honor and venerate to people. uh, Yeah, Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. so relics, let me see if I can grab, I have a letter right here. Relics are, there's different levels of relics. So a first class relic is something that was like, a physical part of the person. So like a piece of their hair, a piece of bone, maybe some blood. So it's, it's actually like a piece of the body of the saint. That's a first class relic. A second class relic is something that that saint wore. I actually was just going to show you a St. John relic, but I remembered that this is audio. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but maybe you could put a picture of yeah, um, we oh, can do that relic up. But um, so anyway, it's something that the saint wore. And then a third class relic is made and is what our ministry actually sends out when you touch, something to a first or second class relic. So that's how a a third class relic is made. So people I think need to know especially for our Protestant brothers and sisters that this is one of the practices I think that people look at Catholics and be like wow they're really weird cuz <laughs> you know you'll see like Saint Anthony's tongue is like preserved in like a relic box and If you know anything about St. Anthony, right, it's because he was a tremendous preacher. And that's why that particular relic is is chosen for him. Um, But anyway, in a letter we send out with the relics, we write that the use of relics is in scripture. In Acts 19, 11, 12, it says, God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits left them. Okay. So there's also a couple instances in the Bible. If, if you just do a Google search for, you know, Catholic relic practices, a scripture, you'll see there's, I forget what part of the Bible it is, but in an instance where someone touches, falls into a pit dead, but then touches bones uh, of a prophet, and then they come to life. So there's instances in the Bible where, where relics are. And also that you can point to the the woman with the hemorrhage touching just the hem of Jesus's garment and being healed from that. So these, the relics, we do not believe that the relic has like this magical power that, you know, oh, if I heal this, or if I hold this relic, that means that like every single ache and pain in my body is going to be gone or anything like that. How I try and describe it is like, if you have somebody that you love a lot, like when my husband, if he would go away on a business trip, I might say, honey, can I have one of your shirts? Or can I spray it with some of your cologne to sleep with to give me that comfort, right? Right. So what these pieces of their clothes are, or, you know, the bones, the hair of the saints, basically, they're like little reminders to us of that person, right? like a little piece of something that they wore. So we're sitting there praying and being like, you know, I have something that like this saint physically wore on their body when he walked this earth, when they were caring for the sick, when they were playing with their children, when they were, you know, living a Christ life, life, like life. Mm-hmm. And, this is just going to serve as like something to help me in my prayer to have faith that like this person is with me and they're praying with me to jesus so we don't think that that particular relic has any sort of power we have it as a physical reminder of that person and really like the woman who touched jesus's hem it's the faith jesus says it's her faith that saved her mm-hmm. not his, his hem of his garment. It's the faith. So particular relics, it's the faith of that saint that's praying. And it's our faith combined with their faith to, to pray to Jesus for what we need or what's bothering us that, that we have hope and faith that they'll intercede for us to him and that he'll hear and answer our prayer.
1: I imagine that when they are saints in heaven are doing something and it's some, they are giddy. When, yeah. when they're seeing something beautiful occur through the, the work of their prayers and their praise and worship. Yeah. Heaven, right? I mean, I just, because they're so full of joy and right. Is it St. Therese that said, my, you know, my whole life in heaven. Will yeah, be- she wants to
2: spend her heaven doing good on earth. Yeah. And sending a shower of roses. Yeah. I think one of the things I told you, Heather, to be like, I'm being really specific in my prayers to Jesus for John. And one of the things I said was that I, I'm begging you to heal this man before St. Gianna's 100th birthday, which is the 4th of October, because I said nothing would bring St. Gianna more joy for her birthday gift mm. than to see her husband intercede for a miracle. So I'm, I'm very specific, wow. <laughs> you know, but, and, and all things, again, all things, according to the Holy will of God and his ways, you know, are a mystery to us, but I, I am very specific and I know St. Gianna loved her husband so much. And I know that she called him a saint and I know she wants him to be elevated to that altar with her. So I'm, I'm really hopeful that, that this miracle's out there.
1: So that's a perfect segue into what, yeah. <laughs> where, my, where the Holy spirit was taking my brain at the moment. I was holding pause. So I didn't forget where yeah. it was going. So thinking about that, you and I spoke on Saturday morning after, you know, we got our news of John's, tumor returning. Yeah. And, you know, we have a wide, you know, sphere of people praying for John, you know, a lot from your connections and so forth. And uh, people love to see the hope in that. Right. And of course, then we get this news that is complete opposite of the faith that people were believing this is going to be our miracle. Mm-hmm. John only had a, an MRI just last what, six weeks ago, and it was a, you know, and all the previous ones since January were showing that his scan was not showing progression. And now yeah. it on the yeah. specific day that we all prayed, yeah, and that sounds very—what's the word I want to say—sorrowful, de- desolate, you know, just not hopeful, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Like how could how could God give that to this family when so many people are praying?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: you remember what we talked about. Uh, yeah, that, you know, it took Gia- St. Gianna's. You said sixteen weeks. Is that what you said? Yeah. So, so speak to that a little bit about. You know, I know we're sad, of course. Yeah, we're absolutely. Sad. John is because he has this tumor progression. Am I defeated that there is not miracle and beauty in this? No, because I know God's doing work anyway. And there's already things that are happening that, that we know are surrounding that, but just yeah. got a little bit about. Yeah, today. sure.
2: So when you, when you had told me this on Saturday about the results, not being so great, it led me to, to think about some, a story I just read about St. Gianna and the medical miracles that that caused her canonization. So one of the medical miracles was a woman who had had a stillbirth and got an infection and had a large abscess that she needed surgery for. And if she didn't get the surgery immediately, she would die. She lived in a kind of in Brazil, in a like faraway region from a hospital that could do the surgery. So these nuns started praying for St. Gianna's intercession, And literally that woman was instantaneously healed like that. Right. So that's an example of something they pray for intercession. It's like a right away healing The miracle was a woman in Brazil who was pregnant with her daughter and she lost all of her amniotic fluid. Number one, number two, she had a, a large hematoma that was attached to the uterus. So like a big blood clot attached to the uterus. So the doctors told this woman that because of the, uh, loss of fluids. And because of this hematoma that the baby was going to die, she was going to have a miscarriage. So they told her and the miscarriage wasn't happening. And this bishop who had married her, this woman and her husband gave her a pamphlet about St. Gianna because he had heard about her. Well, she was just Gianna then, but right. <laughs> he had heard about her holiness. So they began praying for her intercession and fill her with amniotic fluid. And then like a few days later, it'd be all gone. And this continued for 16 weeks. She carried this baby with low to no amniotic fluid. And they told her that when the baby was born, that the baby was going to have all these delays and all these issues and all these problems. So anyway, when I was reading this story, I was just amazed And, and something they have to do when they investigate these causes for medical miracles. It's not like they have some, you know, random priest in some random diocese be like, yeah, that looks like a miracle to me. Like these are thoroughly vetted by like non-Vatican doctors, Vatican doctors, cardinals, bishops, like it's reviewed like ad nauseum because they have to make sure that this is a, a real miracle. So reading this woman's case, it was like everything was stacked against her. It was like Ma, like five being the worst. It was like mom and baby should have died. Five. All medical treatments failed. Five. Like, you know, everything that they did to like try and help this woman medically failed. Like, so there was no other reason for her to have this perfectly healthy baby and for her to live than God and St. Gianna's intercession to Jesus. So when you told me about John, I was thinking to myself, this, this, is part of the story, right? Like that the chemo has to not be working, the radiation has to not be working, like things have to not be working the way they should medically in order for the church to be able to say, okay, this is a legitimate miracle for this reason. And I mean, that's, you know, that's the hope that I'm holding on to for this, that, you know, that this is the reason why things took. A little bit of a different turn, but the thing is, is we persist in prayer. We don't just give up and say, "Well, we prayed for three days, and it's not what we wanted." And so, that's it, God. Why'd you do this? I hate you. You know, no, that's (laughs) not. That's not what we do. We we dig in our heels. We be more bold. We, as Pope Francis says, we act like persistent toddlers, and we just keep asking. We just keep asking, (laughs) Daddy daddy, 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 this is what I want. Please, please, please. And pray that his will aligns with our, our requests.
1: That's amazing. Persistent toddlers. So that's going to be my kid's excuse from now forward. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my big kids who none of them are, are toddlers
2: anymore. I
1: have some persistent toddlers. <laughs> I had some persistent toddlers. Now they're persistent teenagers. <laughs> so that's not Sophia. She's not a teenager.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So where does, I guess, Pietro fit into all of this? How did his name come up into this need and desire for total and complete healing?
2: Yeah. So reading about St. Gianna and Pietro, the more I read about their lives, I was just so amazed that St. Gianna was calling her husband a saint all the time. like, And just talking about how much she learned from him, there was a 10 year age difference. So she was 33 when they got married and he was 43. So he was so strong in his faith and really inspired uh, St. Gianna and was a spiritual rock for her. And this is a saint who's calling her husband a saint. So I thought that that was pretty amazing. And we actually, I actually first learned about Pietro's, you know, an investigation into Pietro becoming a saint through Saint Gianna's daughter, Gianna Emanuela. There's the Saint Gianna and Pietro Mola Foundation. Pietro, I think he had died in 2010. So, I mean, it's not too, too long ago. It's 12 years ago that he passed away. But so this foundation came about through their daughter and I was receiving mail from St. St. Jana's daughter here and there. And something she sent me was a prayer of private devotion to her dad. And she told me that there's 4,000 causes for canonization right now in the church. So that's a lot of investigations, but causes can't advance to the next level where where someone's declared a blessed without a medical miracle. You need two medical miracles to be canonized, which is to be declared a saint. But in order to move from what is called a venerable, which means that, you know, you had a holy life. There's a prayer written for intercession. In order to move from venerable to blessed, you need that medical miracle. So St. Gianna's daughter told me, you know, that her, in order for her dad's cause to advance, they would need a medical miracle for Pietro's cause to, to continue. So she gave me that private devotion card. And then I received probably another stack of 25 from the St. Gianna maternity home who does a lot with our ministry and like giving us prayer cards to give out to people who need them. The second class relic I gave you guys of St. Gianna came from the St. Gianna maternity home. So they really help us. And so I asked St. Gianna's daughter, you know, can I post this prayer publicly because it says for private devotion? And she just checked with the foundation heads, and they said yes, yes, please do. And I told her about John's situation, and she actually the day after I emailed her marched right over to Pietro and Gianna's grave to their mausoleum. A holy mass is offered in there all the time, and she prayed to her holy dad Pietro and asked him for for your dad and your husband's total healing. And she said she planned to do so every day that week. You know, I emailed a, a couple of bishops and cardinals asking them to join us in prayer and tag them on Instagram too. So, you know, I believe there's power in prayer and power in numbers, and you have a saint's daughter <laughs> uh, praying for for you guys. Um, and the thing is, is you know, I feel like whatever comes, you know, whatever is God's will, there's no prayer that is wasted, and there's no prayer that doesn't bestow grace and blessing. So, I I feel like. The prayers that were offered—that even though we didn't get what we had hoped was the answer, right? Uh, those prayers hopefully provided you all with the the support spiritually that you needed to to weather that
1: news. You know, do you feel like that that helped? Well, so, you know, I wrote that blog post and it came very easily. And Sophia knows sometimes they do and sometimes they drag on and it's like fighting myself and wrestling with words. And I think the one thing, and a friend on Facebook commented about this, very, very faithful friend. He's kind of a, he's just, a, he's Sophia interviewed him way back when, but he's has a, had an interesting life in Hollywood. And now he's like got this great, beautiful faith and he's a writer. And his response to me, which didn't connect with me, so this will answer you, I think I wrote one line that, and I I was like, oh, this might hit people a little odd, but it was, I I, I felt both equally sad Mm -hmm. and at peace when the doctor said it. Mm -hmm. And I was just telling another friend just a little bit ago that, and he even wrote, he said, it it seems like a dark take, but he said, I think that you felt that in the room in the moment. He and I talk about a lot of things. So he knows my heart. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think it's exactly how it felt. It's almost like I, you know, I don't want to use surreal, but that's not, it just, I'm getting this news that was so unexpected at a time when we should be feeling such sorrow because it is sorrowful news. And his take was, it's such a, a moment of being truly alive where you know that there's so much peace in that room and it, it could only have been explained by prayers and, and the right. grace, right? Right. Yet the human side of me is the sadness, like, because yeah. it feels sad. I mean, you know, when we were in this like I know I'm supposed to feel this and I do feel it, but, and I have this amazing amount of peace surrounding us that just doesn't even make a whole lot of sense. Well, it's that
2: right. Peace that surpasses all understanding.
1: Like, yeah, I've had several times throughout these two years of unbelievable peace, even driving over the bridge. And when Mm -hmm. John was first diagnosed right after he had, I think it was the night of the surgery after we were going home, it could have been the eve of when we had the priest praying with us, but as I'm driving over the bridge and I'm, I, I remember saying, all right, God, if this is what you're handing me, just give me the peace. Yeah, Jen, Jen, it was dark as night. It was like 10 o'clock or a little bit later. There's no one on the highway because COVID's going on still. So it was yeah. very people around and I look up as I'm coming over the bridge in the city. And here's the sign that says peace. Peace. You, you, you will understand the peace. Something like that. I have it happened in my blog post. I'm like, it is as bright as blue in the darkest night. And I was like, if I wasn't driving 60 miles an hour at that moment, coming up over, I would pull out my phone and several times coming through this back and forthness, yeah. I thought in the next morning, so it must've been the day after his surgery. Cause the next morning in bright day, I'm all, you know feeling much better that we got through the night of the surgery, you know, mm-hmm. cause there's always risk through the night of surgery after brain, yeah. Yeah. brain surgery. And, you know, basically the sign said something like, if nothing else, you understand peace. And I was like, holy moly. Cause the fine print was like, yeah. Yeah. So that is peace beyond understanding, right? Yeah. 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 I mean,
2: God, I always say, like, sometimes God like whispers in our ears and sometimes he throws like huge billboards in our faces. He did. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I was praying about something having to do with like our family and everything. And you know, I my mom was having a bad surgery and I was gonna have to be caring for her a lot. And so it was more about like family planning and like should we be open right now or will I have to be caring for my mom? And I was just really struggling and I didn't have a clear answer. And I was driving to a Walgreens by us and there's a Goodwill there. And one of the O's in Goodwill was like out, the light was out. So it said God will <laughs> instead of Goodwill. And I was like, okay, all right, I'll just let you handle it.
1: <laughs> that is so awesome. Yeah. yeah so
2: it was funny because I okay, did. Here's yeah.
1: the sign, your peace of mind. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. I wow. couldn't remember, see how long it's been. Yeah. One thing that's certain is your peace of mind. But wow. I didn't think one thing is certain until the next day in the light. Which the I like. this just so you know. I was not driving. <laughs> I took this. I took this when John and I first started his therapy, and he was then in the passenger seat. And we would drive yeah. to the city yeah. for his treatment. So he, I'm like, that's the sign. <laughs> and that was that sign. So we took the one highway, and then we took the other. You know, the the dreadful, Schuylkill Expressway. We yeah, took. Yeah. City that to the city and the sign was on the on the Google too and he was yeah. like that's the yeah so it was wow. kind of weird. I that's know amazing I know yeah I know so did you have another question about the this canonization or
2: yeah so, or is that
1: process far too in depth to get into yeah.
2: well I mean I didn't know if you guys wanted to ask me about it so that's why I pulled up Franciscan media to have it <laughs> ready so. A person is formally called a servant of God when the diocesan process has been completed and the records are sent to the Holy See. So basically what happens is there's a woman right now, I'll use her as an example, Chiara Corbello Petrillo, who is from Italy, and she's like an even modern, more modern day Saint Gianna. She had two or three babies born stillbirths, and she was pregnant with her fourth and found out that she had aggressive cancer. And they told her that, you know, to abort the baby so she could have cancer treatments. She refused. She carried the pregnancy to term, but the cancer really like ravaged her. It like her eye was completely eaten out by the cancer. Like she died shortly after her fourth son, her only living child was born. So her holiness was known by like friends, family, her parish community. So people in her town kind of started talking about like, wow, this woman was like really holy. And it's kind of like the voice of the people. And they started like saying to their diocese, like we really should investigate if she was a saint. So what they do is they start the process uh, in the diocese and they investigate their life, their writings. So be careful what you're posting on Facebook in the comments section. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, yeah, yeah. so they're investigating what, you, what you've what you written, your life to see if if you basically, you know, lived your life for Christ and were you a holy person. And that's done in the diocese where the person died. And then there's witness testimonies from people who knew them. So like the parish priest, the husband, family members. So that's kind of like the first step. So the second step after the congregation in the Vatican reviews all the work, they publish a decree that that person had heroic virtue. And after a panel of theologians examines these writings and says, yes, they reflect the Catholic faith. They lived it to the full. This person can be declared a venerable after that stage the next thing is the miracle, okay? So a reported miracle must be examined by three teams. This is what I was saying before. It's not just some random priest who's like, yeah, yeah, that looks like a miracle. Three teams, they work independently. There's doctors, theologians, and cardinals. And then if they and the Pope together agree that the cure was miraculous, the person can officially be declared a blessed. If they die as a martyr, they don't necessarily need that medical miracle. So after that, the second miracle would then lead them to canonization, which would be formally declared a saint. So right now in the church, a new blessed Carlo Acutis, he is like a a Gen Z or Gen X. What is he? He's our millennial generation, oh, I think, gen- right? Yeah. Gen y. Okay, yeah. so he's he's like, he died recently and he was young when he died. He was a teenager. He loved computers. So he right now is a blessed because there was a medical miracle already attributed to him. His body is displayed in a CC in an altar there. And so he needs one more medical miracle that's proven by these like teams of theologians and doctors to become a canonized saint. So I had told you guys about the two medical miracles for St. Gianna that led to her canonization.
1: So yeah. so amazing. Thank mm-hmm. you, Franciscan Media, for letting me yeah. you
2: know, <laughs> read what you wrote pretty much. <laughs> <on this podcast.
0: laughs> yeah, I mean, how do they, I guess, figure out, who these people were like? How do they attribute the miracles to a specific person? Do you have to prove that you were praying to these? Yeah,
2: people? that's an awesome question because I had a goddaughter who had uh, Bell's palsy. She was only two years old. It's sudden onset and it was very bad. And they couldn't. The doctors like couldn't explain anything. They really couldn't help her. So my a friend of mine at the National Shrine of Divine Mercy, there's a bishop George who was a Marian father, and they opened his cause and he needed a medical miracle. So she sent me a second class relic of Bishop George. And I gave that to the family. And I also gave them a second class relic of St. Gianna. So they started praying for, for her healing. And she ended up, the Bell's palsy was getting better and better and better until she was 97% uh, better from the bell's palsy. Uh, and when I reported it to the Marians, they said, Oh, unfortunately, we can't use it because they were also praying with Saint Gianna's relic and they were praying intercessory prayers to Saint Gianna also. So they couldn't specifically say it was due to the prayers to blessed George that she was, you know granted that that healing by Jesus through his intercession. So that's why when we're praying for John, it's really important that we stay focused on asking Pietro solely, you know, for for intercessory prayer because the church needs to determine that yeah, okay, the whole family, these people from the St. Gianna ministry, they were all praying. St. Gianna's daughter, you know, we were all praying specifically for Pietro's intercession for John's complete and total healing. So that's kind of how, you know, I, I just use that to illustrate that point that. Uh, in, yeah, yeah. So they need to know it's specifically only prayers to this particular saint to intercede to Jesus.
1: Makes sense. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we're coming to our time here. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to share? I think you've done a pretty good job of covering <laughs> the...
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that running this ministry with St. Gianna and having lots of prayers that I've had go. Unanswered, you know, I lost three babies this past year and I wanted each and every one of them, but God had other plans for me. And in the moment I was devastated. But but St. Gianna's words, whatever God wants, really like hit home to me because I feel like it's helped me to be a better minister to the women who contact our ministry. And so all I saw in that moment was devastation, but God had this bigger and more beautiful plan. And now I not only have three little intercessors in heaven, but I can help women even better through having lost babies myself. This quote from St. Gianna, this is like the bigger quote of hers. It says, quote, our concern must be to know God's will. We must enter that path if god wants when god wants how god wants oh, i love it so i think that it's so hard when we when we don't get our prayers answered the way we want them to 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 still say god thank you but i think that our prayers and constant prayers of just help me to love your will, help me to know your will, help me to follow your will, is is really what St. Gianna's taught me. She didn't want to die. I think that's one big thing about St. Gianna that people maybe don't know is that she wanted to have this baby and she wanted to stay with her children. She didn't want to to die and leave her children orphaned and her husband without a wife. But she was ready to, to make that offering. If that's what God wanted of her, she was ready to give her life for her daughter, but she wanted to stay here. But she, she still in all her heart said, whatever God wants. And had she not passed and gone to heaven, Uh, I think of of her her prayers before Jesus and all the people who have come back to the faith, who've made great sacrifices because of her example. God has written a, a beautiful story of her life, both on heaven and on earth. So it just gives me hope that God has a beautiful story written for every one of us, even if it's not the one we want or the one we expect. But if we trust him and know that he's working, that he'll never leave us orphaned and he will never do anything to us that he's not there also with us to give us the grace to get through it. Exactly.
0: I love it. We end every one of our episodes with a saint chaser. So kind of who is chasing you this week? I feel like it's an obvious answer, but maybe it's
2: not. (laughs) Is it Saint Gianna chasing me this week? She's always chasing me. She's always after me. But no, I'd say Saint John Neumann. Saint John Neumann because somebody sent me a first class relic in the mail of him and then Your mom told me that they were going to go to the shrine. She, she wrote a quote about him. So I feel like he might be my St. Stalker. (laughs) (laughs) He is.
1: And I was like, oh my gosh, I must feel like St. Gianna is too. But St. St. John Neumann is literally, I told you, keeps dropping out of my Bible. And then something else that John and I said, what was. Hallowath. Oh, that's right. I told you about the hallow app yeah. And on the way home from the appointment. I said, well, I think we're going to go to the shrine. You know, we like to visit the shrines often around here. There's so many beautiful ones. And, and when we get home that night on the hallow app, I needed something to just kind of bring some peace and the saint of the day. Uh, on- yeah. July 8th was yeah, on yeah. Neumann. Come on. Oh, that's a little, that's not it
2: even so funny because when I got the relic and you're telling me about him, I was like, I was so tempted to mail it to you. And
1: then I was like, no, it's Pietro's turn. You already are up there. Like <laughs> I, have <to> be <laughs> I, for- I know. And I thought <laughs> of that too. And I'm like, no, especially now that you're saying, no, I want to keep this. Yeah. I, we just need to keep this linear. Yeah. Right? No, and- I totally was going to send it to you. And then I was like, no, it's
2: got to stay. Cause I knew of, you know, the other thing that happened with the other two relics simultaneously praying to except for the intercession of two saints. So I was like,
1: ah, "It's we're, we're sticking with you, Pietro. <laughs> and I told you too. I mean, we'll just say the adorable thing about St. Gianna that uh, my friend, I, I told you the story that oh, this Friday night when we were praying and she finally got on social media and she's a friend that works out at St. Saint- at Franciscan she said, she, do you know, I had dinner with her. And then she sends me the picture of her with Donna gianna and, Manuela. Manuela. Yeah. and the whole connection with that. And earlier in the day, before she read the social media stuff about the, you know, the prayers, she, she, the person who was connected to her texted her out of the blue and she hadn't talked to her in a long time. And oh she said I, right. I, she That's says, okay. I thought that was absolutely confirmation of the right time for this prayer to be going up. Right. So,
2: right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: So good. That, all those confirmations are are always beautiful. Yeah.
0: Are you sticking with yeah. Saint John Newman?
1: I'm sticking with him. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> sticking what with about
0: you, him. Sophia? I think Saint Benedict this week, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know that his feast, his feast is coming up, and I don't know why it hasn't really occurred to me, but I always struggle. That is my like recurring thing on this podcast. I can never remember who my saint is for the week, but every night on the Howl app, they have like a 35 second prayer, and it's Saint Benedict's uh, prayer of Protection. Oh, nice! It is so beautiful, and I just—I listened with Jonathan Rumi's voice, and it's just like plus you right to sleep. I was like, All right, I feel really nice. <laughs> like I'm good. I'm I'm good to sleep now. Yeah, yeah. I just I love him so much, and just his Benedictine rule has made a lot of impact in like my studies in the last.
1: Awesome, year. it's not yeah. very academic. I know <laughs> it's okay. We had, he's a good good one. I like Saint Benedict. <laughs> Yes. So tell everyone where they can find you.
2: Yeah, uh, sure. We are on Instagram. It's the at symbol and then sisterhood of the traveling relics. It's all one word. And then our website, traveling relics of
1: Okay, and those will be in the show notes anyway. So um, yeah, and, and if then, you want to give me the link on that Franciscan media or whatever, yeah, it is, yeah, sure, and we'll link people, that in there too. Yeah, yeah.
2: People can request a prayer card; we send them free to anyone who asks all around the world. Also, if you want to join us in praying the prayer, a private devotion to Pietro for John healing, you can go on the card request there on the St. Gianna website. And then just when you request the card and you put in your address, just write for a Pietro card as well so that I can make sure to get you both of those things if you're interested.
1: Great. And you're going to go throughout the week when you can to pray for John live for the Yeah.
2: Whenever I get the chance, whenever I'm able with uh, with my crazy six kids in this house, I will I will get on to pray the prayer for John. We also have the initial post that we wrote and the prayer is on that post so people can access it. I'm going to try and make a highlight that says a Pietro Prayer. Uh, so that if people want to join in prayer for John, they can just uh, touch on that highlight too and have the prayers available to them.
1: I think I have that created on mine now too. So okay, perfect. My, my yeah. Instagram account. Um, That's great. And they'll get a, in the, in that recording, what did your boy sing? Ave? What is Yes,
2: baby. Ave. They sing the Ave Maria. We we pray a Zoom rosary every day. We started when the pandemic happened, praying with our parishioners and it still continued like two years later, people still want to do it. So oh,
1: yes, yes. we don't have to go to many places. Ah, oh, so the love kids love like
2: to sing the Ave for the old people who don't want to sing on camera. So uh, <laughs> that's the best. They were, it
1: was the best. I was, was. <laughs> And when doesn't God love the voices of children? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. A lovely time chatting, kind of the deeper things of Catholicism that people really need to know. So thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.